Hi, and welcome back to season five of That's What She Did podcast. We're dedicated to amplifying the voices of the women leaders, innovators, and rebels you don't already know. We highlight everyday women who are impacting today's social issues while also centering the voices of women of color. In short, we curate the stories of brilliant women. This season, we're bringing you Women Who Disrupt. Each episode, you're going to hear from an impactful and inspiring woman who push your thinking, challenge your assumptions, and most importantly, inspire you to find a way to create impact in your corner of the world. I'm Tangier Renee, creator and host of That's What She Did. Thank you for joining me and your fellow inspiration junkies as we learn from and connect with today's brilliant women. Hey friends, it's me, Tenji Renee, and you are listening to season five, episode two of That's What She Did podcast. Now, I'm excited to introduce you to another groundbreaking woman, a game-changing woman, a woman who disrupts as part of our Women Who Disrupt series, or I should say Women X Who Disrupt series here on the podcast. Today, I have for you Rebecca Saltman. Rebecca has developed an extensive career collaborating across the globe in domains from social entrepreneurship, cause marketing, and media justice. She has embraced and redefined the tenets of community building, public relations, and media at organizations such as Ashoka, the Alliance for Sustainable Colorado, and Steven Spielberg's Survivor of the Shoah Visual History Foundation. She's recognized as an experienced social entrepreneur who's worked as adjunct faculty at both Goucher College and Metro State University. Currently, Rebecca is launching a global platform for and by women called The Root Weavers. Root Weavers is a platform to host a very special ecosystem, actually sacred ground, where every woman and every woman's organization can create a home where they belong. Root Weaver's platform is launching in just a few short days, March 8th, 2020, to be exact, for International Day of the Woman. You can find out more about Root Weaver's in the show notes and click on a link. It'll take you exactly where you need to go. But I'm excited to bring Rebecca today because she's doing work that she intends to disrupt the way women are able to connect with each other and disrupt it in a way that makes it easier, that makes it more accessible, regardless of where they are in the world. Something that would hopefully bring together women across economic lines, geographic lines, and weave them together in a way that they can create positive impact in the world. It's an interesting concept. I've been excited to learn more about it. So let's jump in. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. How are you? I am so excited to be here with you, my dear. Well, thank you. I'm excited to have you. And we're going to talk about something that's new (laughs) and interesting. And even I'm a little bit confused about. So (laughs) I'm excited to have this conversation. You know, as you know, we are this season of the show really focusing in on women who are disrupting spaces, ideas, organizations, whatever the case may be. And I know that you are working on this virtual collaborative platform that you intend to be very disruptive in a certain space. So I definitely am excited to have that conversation with you today. I'm looking forward to having it. Wonderful. So 
Rebecca, start us off by just, I don't know, you're doing Roots Weavers platform, right? This is the thing that you're creating. Tell us what that is. So I've spent a lot of time over the past few years looking at the ways we work with one another, how we collaborate, how we play. And um, social media has become more and more isolating. In fact, there's a lot of studies from various business magazines and medical magazines that it's the cause of immense loneliness and that we have to find ways in which we can connect and collaborate in better ways. So I participated in a worldwide women's leadership program where we had to create a impact project that used the philosophy of Shakti leadership. And I spent a lot of time looking at ways in which to build community, both in person and online, and found that most of those things that are already in existence are creating more separation instead of more togetherness. And so on the... uh, thoughts of several of my Shakti sisters, we call them, I started looking at ways to connect more deeply online. Back uh, a number of years ago, I worked for the Yellow Pages company, Dex Media, and we produced what was called virtual trade shows. And back in 2011 through 2013, this was a very innovative and disruptive idea to consider doing a trade show online and to be able to you know, introduce people to products and people and otherwise by doing these virtual trade shows. So I remembered using that and I thought, what if we actually created a virtual trade show that connected women all over the world? And that's what I started to work on. So that's a little bit about that was and how it was founded. But how did you land on Root Weaver's platform? Hold on, maybe let's take a bigger step back. First, Let's talk about what is Shakti leadership. Shakti leadership is an East Indian tradition. There's masculine energy, not necessarily by men. Men and women have what's called Shiva and feminine energy, female energy, which in East Indian tradition is called Shakti. And Shakti leadership is really based on the fact that we all can actually be in our own power and men and women and be able to lead from that place of power instead of trying to be masculine if we're women and to, you know, if we have to be in the C-suite, we have to be men in order to do that. And how often we can't actually succeed to our fullest potential because we are too busy trying to be men or vice versa, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The ability to have empathy is actually a very good quality and having that opportunity to use that empathy as a Shakti leadership piece is one of very many different things that can empower women to move forward. So so that was one of many different opportunities to be more in your Shakti than Mm -hmm. in your masculine energy, your Shiva. So using these Shakti leadership principles, you're working on creating this online platform that is, I don't know, would you call it the antidote to isolation? That would be one thing. So as part of my, my learning over my nine-month program, and since then, um, I graduated in June of 2019, and since then, we were looking at our best and highest qualities. And one of you know, my abilities is I'm a connector. What I came to understand through this Shakti Leadership Program is that, that women that are connectors like me, and you too, my dear, are a connector <laughs> of extraordinaire. That connecting is much more transactional. And transactional is often what social media is, right? I connect to you, you connect to me. Now, what I discovered in this Shakti Leadership Program is that being a connector isn't actually really what I am in my full Shakti power. That in fact, I'm a weaver. That I am really good 
at weaving people together and people, places, and things together. And it's not transactional. Weaving isn't transactional. Weaving is like a spider. I go to you, I go to the store, we both meet there and we go somewhere else. It's creating a web of a much higher purpose and much stronger because of it. Weaving is stronger than connecting. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when, when I discovered this, the idea of weaving was much more powerful than just connecting. And the idea of root weaving, weaving from our deepest roots, coming from the bottom up instead of just weaving from the top down. So we came up with this idea of root weaving. The logo for the root weavers and women on purpose is actually a tree and all of the leaves are the continents all over the planet. A logo that's roots into the leaves that are the continents so that we are all connected by our roots. We are woven in our roots. Hi friends, it's me, Tangia Renee, dropping in to invite you to our two-year anniversary and Women's History Month live show. It's going to be an all-around celebration. And if you're in the Denver area on March 26th, we'll be at the Riveter in the Rhino Arts District. For this live podcasting event, we're doing something special. We're calling it Masterclass Minis, where we bring back a few of our most popular guests to update us on what they're doing next, and they share with us what they want everyone to know about becoming a woman of impact. Come to build new connections or come to learn from brilliant women. Either way, we're going to have a blast. So be there or be square. Tickets available on Eventbrite, but space is limited. So do not wait. Follow the link in the show notes and make sure you join us on March 26th at 6 p.m. I'll see you there. Smooches. Interesting. So when you think about what you're doing with Root Weavers and the event that you have coming up, Women on Purpose, why do you consider it disruptive? Just sort of going back to this idea of social media and creating isolation and loneliness, people are always wanting to start the new Facebook, wanting to create the new LinkedIn. My idea is disruptive because I'm not using a platform that is a known thing. And it is disruptive because it is much more integrated and much more connected. So imagine going to a trade show or a convention or a conference. You don't just go and connect to one person. You connect to lots of people. And there's lots of points of contact. You can go to a booth. You can go to the theater and hear an inspirational talk. Or you can go to a breakout room and talk to a number of people and network. So there's all different kinds of ways to actually weave together. And it's disruptive also because it's happening in real time, although I'm recording some of the talks in advance, but these are happening all over the world, connecting and weaving women that have similar things in common from all over the world that would never have had the opportunity to meet in real time because they live in rural Africa or rural Guatemala. And, you know, the opportunity for them to get on a plane and go meet somebody or to go to a conference is not something that's available to you and me in a first world country having access to resources. My idea is also, I want to disrupt because I want to start from the other side, right? I want the women of rural Guatemala and rural Africa to 
teach me. I want to learn from them. And I want to share their knowledge with the rest of us as opposed to me bringing knowledge to them. One thing that stands out to me is that when, at least in this country, I think, when we talk about leadership, we're talking often about a individual thing, a individual approach to how you lead personally, how, what is the problem that you need to solve? For yourself or what is the problem you need to solve in your company and so i see lots of resources out there around growing improving your personal leadership style or your personal impact i think that there are i don't know there, i would say a lot i'd say i think there are more opportunities for people who are developing as leaders or are developed leaders to connect more and sort of figure out what does that mean beyond the individual? What does that mean at a social community level? I don't know that there's conversation around what does that look like at a global level? Yeah. If, if it's happening, I'm just not aware of it. I'm not paying attention, maybe. <laughs> it's also a possibility. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I, mean, I think that I, you are paying attention, by the way. <laughs> You are paying highly attention. Um, my thought is that it, that's exactly right. That if we want to actually learn about one another and connect deeply with one another, the way that we in the Western world get to do it is we get on a plane and we go get to, we go and learn from the people. It's so incredibly dismissive to me because I've had the incredible good fortune to go spend time with amazing, amazing women who will be on my Women on Purpose event on International Women's Day, that they have taught me more about life and getting out of bed in the morning and being inspired than anything that I've ever had in any other part of my life. If they can get out of bed in the morning and be happy, you know, what's my problem? My point is that if they can be an example of leadership for me, how could they be an example of leadership to all women I know and love, right? Mm -hmm. So to your point, you know, it's a different opportunity to look at this at a global scale. What do you think it is about the industry? I would say, you know, the industry of leadership that needs to be changed. Huh. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go there on this podcast. <laughs> no, we do. We do. <laughs> you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Hmm. Uh, there's, there's a start. If we can't even look at that on a local level, People are starting to talk about DEI and how are we putting that into our corporations and into our business and how are we being more inclusive? If we can't even do that in our towns, in our communities in the US, how on earth are we going to be able to do that internationally, right? And so my idea is that if we can actually stop navel gazing <laughs> and start to look more broadly. You know, companies that are working in the international world have to do trade. If we are trading here to East Asia to get the small pieces and parts of all the computers like that we're talking on right now, mm -hmm. but people don't have any understanding about, you know, where that comes from or how that is created. They don't even know how where our food comes from. If you ask small children where food comes from, they believe it comes from the grocery store. We have lost our connection to each other and the planet at such a deep level that the idea of how we have to disrupt leadership is we have to get back to this very basic idea of like, 
where does our food come from? Annie Leonard wrote a book called The Story of Stuff, which comes up for me a lot. Mm-hmm. And that people don't even know where their things come from or how they are paid for. And if we actually could consider getting back to like my clothes actually come from that I bought really inexpensively at a pay less kind of place. And it's made with child labor or, you know, like it's made with chemicals or it's made with dot, dot, dot. We would actually have to reconsider our leadership because I don't know that most of us could actually put on those things on our clothing or consider those things without actually knowing that, oh my goodness, this was made by a six-year-old in a, a forced labor place. Or Do you think people would actually do that though? I can't look at myself if I'm doing it. And I'm probably a little bit more empathic than most, but I think that people would have to sort of take a second thought about things if mm-hmm. they knew a little bit more. I, that's my hope. You know, maybe I'm Pollyanna, probably am, but you know, what would it take for people to actually have some knowledge about where their things came from? I think it would shift on a bigger leadership level because if the only thing that we're talking about is money, of course, the conversation will never change. If we consider that we are talking about is that in order for us all to win, we have to work together. What do you think is the incentive for that? Because it, it would be a huge disruption. Like if, if we even took the conversation about where our things come from, which is a fascinating and important conversation, I think. If we took that out of the equation right now and we just looked at leadership on its own. Leadership is a massive industry. People make millions of dollars a year in the field of leadership training leaders and programs in leadership and speaking on leadership and leadership conferences and all kinds of things, right, around that. And again, I look out into that area and see a lot of very individual approaches to what it what leadership is even i think at a company level because the conversation around diversity inclusion has come back up again i remember several years ago it was a big conversation then it went away for a while now it's back and a lot of the strategies I see happening there is still very much about this one company or this department or this group of people or this department head, like this individual person. I haven't seen a lot. And granted, I am not like a, this leadership expert. I like, Me neither. Sitting, you know, I'm not like, you know, some C-suite executive that's trying to figure out leadership in my company. But I don't see a lot of strategies or tactics out there that are really geared towards an ecosystem of leadership and what would that actually mean? I mean, I think there's probably small pockets of it more at a grassroots level. Yeah. And there organizations, right? Like if you look at B Corp certification, mm-hmm. or if you look at conscious capitalism, or if you look at people that are working toward conscious financial choices or triple bottom line or social entrepreneurship, I mean, there's movements that are addressing people, planet, profit, right? Mm -hmm. That are looking at it. Now, a lot of it is the same old, same old, right? And it's of people of privilege that have the opportunity to look at it. I think that what's shifting, especially in our climate, climate of all kinds, right? Mm -hmm. Political, environmental, all of the things. What's happening is that things, let's call it tariffs in China or 
the the new coronavirus that's causing these things those things are causing disruptions that are making people think differently mm-hmm. because that force might be about making money or that their business has to change because they can't get things so many people you know had to shift their businesses because they couldn't get goods from china now they can't get goods from china because of this coronavirus. They're like, oh my God, I can't get pennies on the dollar for my plastic doll, (laughs) you know, selling for 50 cents and it's ending up in the landfill. So it's had to shift because they are in this cycle of making money. They've had to shift to a new point of view. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. from that place? So even in the most capitalistic conversations, those things have to shift because of environmental factors that are happening on the planet. Sort of to bring this back around to leadership from where I'm thinking about it and more collaborative and more global in the ideas is if we collaborated, we actually knew our brothers and sisters in rural places in other parts of the world that have actually come up with some things that that actually could really shift the conversation. If we actually had those conversations, what could change? And from my experience of spending a significant amounts of time at this point with women in rural Guatemala, they have ideas that and they dream about things that could actually solve so many of our things. What's an example of that? So they don't have access to markets, but they are extraordinary at handicrafts and clothing and jewelry and beautiful things. And their ideas around what could be done, like what could be made, what could be created are so beautiful in their solutions clothing that is breathable in different kinds of climates, jewelry that is made from beautiful things that isn't plastics or things that, you know, could be upcycled, recycled, purses. And they have disrupted things because of their innovation Mm -hmm. and their internal ideas and their dreams. Because they ultimately, they want to get their kids educated. They don't want to be in rural poverty. And they're really brilliant. They're brilliant about growing food. They're brilliant about making things out of recycled things. They have different solutions that we could really use. And if we could bring their voice into our conversations, they have amazing voices. What could be possible? Mm -hmm. Have you seen in your work so far that there is a openness from the the privileged world to, I don't know, feel like they have something to learn from a group of women in rural Guatemala? So it depends, right? I think that a lot of, a lot more women than men are open to the conversation from Mm -hmm. my experience. And I think that there's some men that are starting to look at it differently because of the environmental disruptions that are creating this, the China examples. They're looking at their problems and saying, okay, well, how do I solve for this thing? I can't get my products from China anymore. The opportunity could be, okay, I can now go to maybe source things from rural Guatemala. The price points might be different, but the stories and the opportunities might be different now. Or I could go to Africa, or I could go to India and start to look at things differently, work with a different group of people. And by the collaboration, could everybody could win. So to your question, are people starting to look at this differently? I would say that back to this original piece that, that the world is getting shaken in ways that hasn't before. And because of that, people are starting to look at new innovations or different places or other things that they would have never, ever considered 
for various reasons. And it's not about DEI anymore. It's about like, how are they going to fulfill their capitalistic dreams mm-hmm. in a new way, right? So, so in some ways for me, I'm like, okay, well, if this is going to get you to look a different direction and start to look at other things, okay, I, you know, I'm not going to fight with you about whether it's capitalistic. And So uh, how do you, yeah, I mean, that leads to my next question is then from your perspective, how, so let's say in a hypothetical scenario that you launch, you fully launch Root Weaver's platform, right? after the 8th of March with the virtual event. And it takes off, it becomes this massive connecting space online for women leaders really all over the world, right? Yep. And that is working as you intended it, right? It's really disrupting in this ideal world the way people lead, the way that they connect, they're doing it in a new innovative way. All of that considered, how do you... How do we not have it be a repeat of what already exists? And it does become this transactional, exploitive relationship between somebody who is resourced and in a developed place and with a great deal of privilege, working with, under the guise of collaboration, working with a woman who is not, right, in in a rural place somewhere that is really just trying to improve their lives for themselves, their children, their community. How do we not have that happen? So a much longer conversation, which we could do another day. Right. And- I am not going to commercialize this platform at all. I'm not. The idea is that we are going to create a relationship platform exclusively. Now, I still need to pay for it, which I'm self-funding. However, we are going to, for example, if we wanted to post this podcast on the platform and you wanted to charge for it, or you wanted to be able to have some opportunity for there to be an exchange for the podcast. What we would do is create a registry. So in order to get access to the podcast, you don't charge for the podcast per se right now, right? Right. So let's take a different example. Let's say you are going to do a masterclass on something that you are expert in. So what would you like to do a masterclass on? Uh, We'll do a masterclass on women telling their stories. That's fantastic, right? So we'll have the masterclass and it's going to be amazing. And you can charge $25 for the masterclass. So what we create though is a registry because women in rural places around the world, Africa, Guatemala, you know, Ecuador, wherever it is, don't have $25 mm-hmm. to pay for the masterclass. And the masterclass should be paid for. What we do is create a registry so that the first line of the registry is $25. The second line of the registry would be $50. I buy one and I give one, sort of the Tom Shoe model. And lines three through 10 are things that you would love in reciprocity for your masterclass. You would love to have an opportunity to speak Spanish with somebody for a few times. So that could be one of the registry lines, or you would love a beautiful bracelet from Guatemala, or you would like a sari from India, or you'd like to learn how to make pupusas, or something. You know, there are as many as like 25 things as you could put into the registry of things that would be reciprocal, would be reciprocity Mm -hmm. for your masterclass. And then the last line on this registry would be, what do you have to offer? 
So maybe somebody in rural Africa can't send you anything or, you know, nothing on your list or things that they could offer. Maybe they could offer something like, you know, showing you how to sew something or showing you how to knit something or whatever it is. And that wasn't something you had thought of, but you would love that. Or somebody else in the ecosystem would love to learn how to make something by sewing or, you know, otherwise. Mm -hmm. That it's a reciprocity environment versus a transactional environment Mm -hmm. and everybody wins. So then, then women in rural Africa, Ecuador, Guatemala could do master classes as well. And they could ask for reciprocity in what they do. So they could charge for it and they could get other things as well. Make sense? So the ecosystem is to create a sacred environment for everybody to be able to win, that everybody can get value. I'm creating something entirely disruptive and new. It is not going to be commoditized. That's what I'm doing to make sure it doesn't get commercialized. Hey friends, this episode is brought to you by Trade and Travel, a game-changing online course created by our episode one guest, Terry Egioma, founder of Invest with Terry. Terry is on a mission to teach at least a thousand people how to make a thousand dollars per day. Imagine what you could do with an extra thousand dollars in a month, let alone making that much in a single day. That's why I'm excited that Terry has made her game-changing program, Trade and Travel, widely available. I'm going to take the course and you can take it too. All you have to do is use the link in the show notes to get access to the course now. Let's learn how to make a thousand dollars in a day together. I mean, who couldn't use an extra thousand dollars? I know I can. I mean, who am I? Mike Bloomberg? Of course I could use an extra thousand dollars. People who have taken the course are actually able to quit their jobs so they can travel the world with all the money they've made learning how to master the stock market. And I'm not ashamed to say that I want that life. You guys, let's trade and travel together. Just click on the link in the show notes and get started now. Use link bit.ly forward slash she did invest to learn how to get started with trade and travel. How do you support it if you're not going to monetize it though? What we will do is there's a platform called Patreon and that in the 16th century, there were artists and musicians and writers that had people supporting their work as patrons. And that the community, I will create a community of people that for now, in the time being, would like to support it with financial means, monetary means. And there will be some opportunities for like-minded sponsorship to have booths on the platform to do classes and so forth so that it will create its own circular economy. Got it. So with Root Weaver's platform, yes. what's Endgame? So I'm not an apocalyptic thinker per se. And well, that's good. Yeah. And, you know, there's many things that are disruptive in our world that cause us not to be able to communicate with one another. My hope is that by creating this opportunity to really find ways to communicate with each other now, we can start to build up hyper-local communities that then can use these platforms to communicate with other hyper-local communities and that we can all work together locally and internationally to start to make 
our world woven. It's really, I mean, it's really interesting to me. I think conceptually, I struggle a little bit with translating that into real world impact because I'm like, it's a lot of people you're talking about. (laughs) I've been given incredible gifts to be able to travel and meet amazing, amazing women around the world. Mm -hmm. I want them all to know each other. Mm -hmm. I know I am better. I am such a better person because I know these other women around the world. And what how do we all get to know each other? I want to be woven world and not a disconnected, isolated world. We are taught that we are alone and that's just not true. What do you mean we're taught that we're alone? We're we're taught that we have to struggle and we have to fight and we have to, but the truth is, is that we are all connected. Science Mm -hmm. proves it. You know, Mm -hmm. what I do to you, I am actually doing to myself. And if we can learn more of that, and if this platform can provide some of that, we will start to address isolation and loneliness Mm -hmm. for our elders. I mean, I, how do we bring our elders back into our communities and actually learn from them instead of having them on Facebook where they're getting more isolated, have them be included, inclusive into these places where they can share their wisdom as opposed to pushing like on, you know, pretty pictures. How do we have our youngers learning from our elders? We can bring those pieces together. And to really be able to start to look at other ways to communicate with each other as opposed to transactional ways, not to repeat myself, but to really start to think about how do I connect to you and then connect you to somebody else and come back to me and then go to Jane Doe over here and to Jane Smith over here and, you know, to bring everybody together. So I think that there's a certain population of people that will hear about this and get it right out of the gate. Sure. They're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. Connection, collaboration, global impact. They're with you. Yes. Go. Right. But that's probably a smaller group of people. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. Yes. So for everyone else that is going to hear about this or is listening to this podcast and going, I don't get it. (laughs) I think I get it, Rebecca. I I hear what you're saying. I think it's a fascinating idea. I think it's a great idea. Again, conceptually, I understand it, but I don't quite know how that translates into real world. But for everybody else who's sitting there going, I don't get it. What do you want them to know? Thank you for the question. Thank you for the honesty. And I know it's true. (laughs) So the first thing is that everybody doesn't have to necessarily get it. Mm -hmm. I want them to understand is that if they feel that they don't belong, that they need a place to belong, that they are isolated, that they want to meet other people, they don't know how to do that, especially introverts, Mm -hmm. especially people that are not people that go out, go to networking events like you and me, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) People that spend an enormous amount of time by themselves that are maybe in jobs that are isolating and so forth. I am creating a place where women can belong, no matter what they are, where they are, who they are, what their status in life is. So the first thing is a feeling. If you are feeling like you don't belong, I'm creating a place where you belong. I am creating, is also called a third place. So a third place is not work, is not home, but it's the third place. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you belong. And I can't operationalize or commercialize or whatever a belonging. Right. Belonging is not a commodity. I think Facebook would argue a different point there. <laughs> Having belong, actually believing that you belong is a deeper, deeper aspect than anything I've ever experienced on Facebook, my point of view. So, Mm -hmm. and people probably do feel that they belong on Facebook. 
you know, have those things, but actually feel like they have community and collaboration and opportunities to talk to people and meet with people all over the world. So that's the first piece. The second piece is that collaboration is not easy. Also is not a commodity. It's not like I can go buy collaboration on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And I am being intentional about this is a collaborative weaving platform that all the things that will be done on this platform will be able to create more by working together as opposed to one and done. So the event on March 8th, International Women's Day, is just the beginning of introducing women around the world to each other and having the opportunity to learn and be inspired and talk to actually in sort of in real time other people around the world and perhaps find a best a new best friend that you never could have met in a traditional way other than getting on a plane and going on a trip, right? So there's that, the next piece. And then, so then the last sort of piece is the idea of what does it look like when I actually can, you know, get onto this platform any time of day or night and go and learn something new or speak to somebody else to get information and answers about things that I wouldn't feel comfortable on you know, on a Facebook or on a thing like that. It's a private network, right? Mm -hmm. It's not private, like private, private. It's not public like Facebook is, right? Right. So that you could feel comfortable participating in asking those questions in a real way. And there isn't any politic or pomposity is what I talk about. You know, like this is a place for us to work together Mm -hmm. and collaborate. So I don't know what the big end game could be because it's even bigger than I can imagine. What does it take when a whole group of women around the world are working together? What could we solve? How could we address things that we have been working on for decades? How could we help each other? That even though traditional solutions from rural poverty don't translate into Denver, Colorado, they might translate in ways that we never anticipated. And if we actually listen and work together, how does it get any better than that? Sure. Rebecca, tell us about the Women on Purpose event. Uh, March 8th, 2020, Sunday. I am doing, along with amazing, amazing women around the world, launching this Root Weavers platform on this Easy Expo virtual trade show platform, a seven-hour event, which is an open house, basically. We have 24 segments of amazing women throughout the world that are speaking about their passion and their purpose in segments. And then they will come on, some of them will be able to come on live to say hello to the world and people can interact with each other. And then in this trade show platform, you can go to the booths of the women that are speaking and go see little videos about their work, see their bios, find out how to connect with them, and be able to stay connected. This is not one and done. We can go on, and I can go meet with you, and we could go into the little networking room. We can go listen to Maria Pacheco, who's known as the Mother Teresa of Guatemala, of her recorded video, but then you can go to her booth, Wakami, and go learn from, you know, about some of the things that they are doing and the bracelets that they're selling and the clothing that they're selling, or go to, um, go to hear from the Shakti Leadership founder, Nalima Bhatt, and hear about what Shakti leadership is and her passion and purpose about spreading Shakti leadership. Or Tandi Tutu, Desmond Tutu's daughter from Cape Town, South Africa, and learn about her passion and purpose. And have the opportunity to not only get inspired by them, but be able to actually ask them questions or to leave them questions or to interact with other people that are 
have similar questions and maybe figure out how to work that out and to, to learn from each other. So it's a, an event that'll start at 10 a.m. Denver Mountain Time, and then we'll go till 5 p.m. Mountain Time, but it'll be available around the world. And then the videos will be able to be viewed in those booths mm-hmm. ongoing so that the, the whole event won't necessarily be shown end to end again in the same fashion. And the different pieces and parts will be available ongoing through the platform. Interesting. So how, Rebecca, can our listeners connect with either you personally or learn more about Root Weavers? So I can get you the link and that maybe you can show it as part of this podcast. Um, It is free to register. Uh, You will get an email confirming your registration and it's free to get into this platform. You will not be upsold as I was describing before. (laughs) There is no end game for me to start making money off your email address. You can come and go as an open house online free all day. If you're in Denver, Colorado, we'll be broadcasting from the Women's College and you're more than welcome to come join us over there and participate with us. We're doing some crafts and uh, we're broadcasting from there. We'll have a listening wall where my dear friend is going to be drawing the event all day and Mm. connecting everybody to one another. So you can imagine we have a pin for India to Israel to Africa, and then we will show the web of how everybody's together and how all the different purposes and connections are being made. And then you can be able to participate in the thread of conversation that can happen by either posting a video or typing in your own questions or your own comments. And it's simultaneously translated into 50 different languages. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of ways to participate and learn as we are launching this new ecosystem, a place where women can belong. Interesting. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing about this new platform, Root Reavers, and what you're doing there and the Women on Purpose virtual collaborative event that's coming up. I think you are taking on quite a big undertaking here and really trying to intentionally disrupt connection and collaboration and really leadership, right? The way people come together to do things. So best of luck to you. I definitely want to be supportive in any way that I can. So thank you for just sharing this journey with us and what you're trying to do. It's definitely something new and different. And I hope that our listeners will connect with you more on this. I'm so very grateful for the time. And if anybody has any questions, please send them my way. And thank you so much for this opportunity. My pleasure. Well, folks, we are going to call it a day for now. You can find the links that Rebecca is mentioning in our show notes as per usual. I encourage you to connect and learn more. And then you know what, if this is something that interests you, if you feel like you can be supportive, reach out and be a connector, you know, let other people know what you're up to and connect to something like this. And, you know, maybe you can help be part of a whole new community of people. In the meantime, thank you again for joining us for season five of That's What She Did podcast where we curate the stories of brilliant women. Love having you. Thanks for being our supporters, our listeners, our friends. And we can't wait to catch up with you next time. Until next time, we out.